Thank God for our choir. Blessed us. I want to read verse five through eight in your hearing again. Jesus' mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so. I want to preach this last sermon in this series, Obey Anyhow. Lord, bless your word. Bless your preacher. Be preaching power, anoint. Your words, my mouth. In Jesus' name. Amen. Obey anyhow. Throughout the New Testament in general and the gospel narratives in particular, we witness our Savior and Lord growing in fame, popularity, and renown. From time of his baptism by his cousin John in the Jordan River, to the many portrayals of our Savior and Lord throughout the entirety and totality of the New Testament, Jesus grows in fame, popularity, and renown. As Jesus ministers beyond the synagogue and advances the kingdom of God, Jesus grows increasingly famous, popular, and renowned. As Jesus delivers the demon-possessed and gives sight to the blind, Jesus grows in fame, popularity, and renown. As Jesus unstopped deaf ears and untied tied tongues, Jesus grew in fame, popularity, and renown. As Jesus preached with power and redeemed people that some deemed irredeemable, Jesus grew in fame, popularity, and renown. Throughout the New Testament and the Gospels in particular, Jesus grew in fame, popularity, and renown. While Jesus continued to grow in fame, popularity, and renown, this particular narrative reveals a Jesus who has yet to become famous, popular, or renowned. It's significant that Jesus 
in this particular New Testament text and gospel narrative is commanding and engendering obedience despite his lack of fame, popularity, or renown. According to this text, Jesus, his mother, and his disciples are attending a wedding festival in Cana of Galilee. We don't know this couple. We don't know his relationship to or with this couple, but this couple has the sanctified sense to invite Jesus to the wedding. If you allow me to park here parenthetically, if you think about getting married, come on, talk to me. You are thinking about jumping the broom. If you are hinting about jumping the broom, I encourage you to invite Jesus to the wedding and to the marriage. Don't just invite Jesus to the wedding. Come on now. I'm going to have a church wedding. No, you better have a Jesus wedding and a Jesus marriage. So many of us, amen, somebody, want to invite Jesus to the wedding, but don't want to also invite and include him in the marriage. We don't know who this couple is, but this couple has the sense to invite Jesus to the wedding, and I hope they included him in the marriage. Jesus and his disciples, not yet 12, but five or six approximately, are attending this wedding festival along with his mother Mary. As they are attending this wedding festival, the text says that there is a problematic circumstance and situation. This couple is on the verge of social embarrassment. The wine has run low. We don't know what kind of wine it was. But the wine has run low. Don't know if it was Merlot, red, white, Chablis, but the wine is low. And if the wine has run low, the couple is on the verge of embarrassment. At best, they are seen as economical and frugal. But at worst, they are seen as cheap and stingy. If you've ever been to a wedding, depending on what happens at the wedding, people will engage in good gossip or bad gossip. My sanctified imagination, the gossip was not good. How they gonna have a limo? 
but no wine. If they couldn't afford it, then don't invite everybody. If you're going to be a baller, then be a baller. If you can't ball, then ball on a budget. But don't act like you got it if you don't got it. Mary, Jesus' mama, sees this circumstance that has the potential to go south and spiral downward real quick. Mary, as a mother, knowing her son, says something to her son about his ability to rectify and remedy this situation. Jesus, they invited you. Since you're here, you ought to do something. You have the ability. Jesus has not yet announced his public proclamation of ministry and Jesus responds in a way that seems almost flip. Mama, woman, lady, mama, my time has not arrived yet. Yet because Jesus is obedient not just to God and his mama, amen somebody, Mary tells the servants, do whatever he tells you to do. Watch out, well, as I walk through this sermon, it's significant that Mary tells the servants to do whatever Jesus tells them to do Jesus is not yet well known. Jesus is not yet famous. Jesus is not yet popular. Jesus is not yet renowned. Jesus has not yet performed any miraculous deeds. Yet Mary, his mama, tells the servants, do whatever he tells you to do. Mary's advice is not significant, but the servant's obedience to what Mary says and to what Jesus tells them to do is significant. They don't know much about him, yet they obey anyhow. They have not seen Jesus heal the sick. They have not seen him raise the dead, yet they obey Anyhow, they have not seen him unstop deaf ears or untied tied tongues, yet they obey what Jesus says anyhow. Watch chapel, help me preach this message on this Lord's Day morning. These men, amen somebody, do what the Lord tells them to do. If these people who have not seen Jesus do the miraculous are obedient to what he tells them to do, what excuse do we have having seen what the Lord has done, can do, and will do to be reluctant and resistant to doing what he tells us to do? We have seen 
not just biblically, in our own lives, what the Lord can do. How many of us have seen the Lord do something that you know only God could do? Come on now, I wish I had some help on this Sunday morning. How many of us have seen him heal somebody the doctors gave up on? The car was total, but you walked away. How many of us have had some look at God moments that we knew it was nobody but God? And what excuse do we have to be reluctant and resistant to doing what he tells us to do? According to the text, Jesus tells them to fill the pots with water. And draw the water out and give it to the master of the ceremony. The servants obeyed Jesus anyhow. Let me raise this question, watched out for what have we not done that the Lord is telling us to do? Or what do we need to stop doing that the Lord has been telling us stop doing what do we need to start doing yesterday, y'all ain't talking to me, that the Lord has been telling us to do? Or what do we need to call a cease and desist order about what he's been telling us to stop doing? Let me raise the question more significantly. What blessings have we yet to experience? Because of our disobedience. I'm not going to preach too much longer. Help me preach this watch chapel. We may not shout over this one, but I want somebody to be blessed exponentially because of the word. What does it take to obey Jesus anyhow? If we're going to obey Jesus anyhow. We need exposure to what he says. These servants are exposed to what the Lord tells them. Jesus tells them in person, amen, not virtual. They are here at 3703 Trigon Road. They can't blame technological difficulties. They are hearing, they are exposed to what Jesus is telling them. Jesus says, fill the pots with water and draw out the water and give it to the master of the ceremony. They have heard what the Lord has said. They are exposed to what Jesus is asking of them. Watch chapel, our obedience to God requires that we be exposed to what the Lord is asking of us. In our culture, and our generation, we have no good excuse not to be exposed to what the Lord is asking of us. We have access to the word 24-7, 365. Come on, help me preach in here. If you want to be exposed to the word of God, we can be exposed to the word of God 
every day throughout the day, 24-7, 365. And our obedience to the word requires that we be exposed to the word. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. If I hide the word of God in my heart, I will not sin against him. Can I preach it? Jeremiah said, it's like fire. Shut up in my bones. David said, it's sweeter than the honey in the honeycomb. Paul said, it rebukes, it builds up, it encourages, it tears down. If you want to grow and mature and experience all that God has for us, we need to be constantly exposed to the word of God. I am not handy. Amen. Tell the truth, shame the devil. friend of mine was trying to talk me through putting something together. Amen. Trying to talk me through it. He gave up. I said, man, go to YouTube. And if YouTube could have gave up, they would have gave up. But the difference was that I paid attention to YouTube in a way I didn't pay attention to my friend. And I was able to do what I needed to do because I was exposed to what YouTube was teaching me. Come on, talk to me. Without excuse, hindrance, or trepidation. Sometimes we are able to fulfill God's destiny in our lives because we are exposed to what the Lord is asking of us. Obedience requires exposure, but not just exposure, church. Obedience to God, obedience to Jesus requires exposure, but it Obedience to Jesus requires effort. Nothing just happens. Let me say that again. Nothing just happens instantaneously, serendipitously. It just doesn't happen in life. If you want to see God work, you got to play your part. Come on now, I wish I had some help on this Sunday morning. If, if you want to see God work, God is able, God is willing, but you and I have to be willing to play our part. There is a crisis on the horizon, 
Jesus tells them, fill the pots with water. They fill the pots with water. They don't know how God, how Jesus is going to do what he's going to do. But they have enough sanctified sense, not just to be exposed, but to put forth the effort in doing what he's asking of them. Obedience is effort. And notice, hear me, watch chapel. Sometimes we want to obey God in the big stuff. But think the little stuff is beneath us. But until we can do the little stuff, he ain't going to entrust us with the big stuff. Maybe we don't have the big stuff we've been praying for, we've been seeking God for, we've been asking God for, because we have not yet been obedient in the little stuff. He ain't asking them to preach a sermon. He ain't asked them to run a 5K. He ain't asked them to do something tremendous, Herculean, or gargantuan. He just says, fill the pots with water. Fill the pots with water, take the water out, and give it to somebody. Come on now. Can we obey God in the little stuff? Can we hold the door open for somebody? Can we speak to somebody? Can we forgive somebody who we know been talking trash about us? Can we give somebody the benefit of the doubt? Can we be quiet and not have the last word? Can we say a word of encouragement? Can we pass out a bulletin with a smile on our face? Can we call somebody we have not seen? Can we pray for somebody who's going through? Can we send a card to somebody who's having a crisis can we love on somebody who needs encouragement can we do the small everybody wants to do the big stuff what about the small stuff can you get my plate for me what Ain't nothing wrong with your legs. Can you get something at the store? You got it. I mean, man, I mean, I'll do it, but I mean, Who? <sighs> Maybe the miracle hadn't happened yet because you're too big to fill up water. Maybe the miracle hadn't happened yet because you too big to get something from Food Lion when you driving past Food Lion. Maybe the miracle hadn't happened yet because you too mean to forgive and let something go. Maybe the miracle hadn't happened yet because you got to come to me if you want to make up with me. 
obedience, effort, exposure, but obedience to God anyhow requires a sense of expectancy. They don't really know who he is per se, but they've been hearing stuff. They've heard about a preacher by the name of John who sent from God who has baptized a preacher in the Jordan River. They've heard about a preacher by the name of John who's been preaching about this cousin being the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. They don't know him per se, but they've been hearing about him more and more. They've heard about how a man by the name of Andrew led his brother to this man by the name of Jesus. They were followers of John, but now they have left John and followed Jesus. They've heard about Philip and Nathaniel and how they have become followers of this preacher from Nazareth who's allegedly born to a virgin and his daddy is now dead by the name of Joseph. They've, they've heard about how he's been talking and being advertised and they just have enough sanctified sense to believe if they just do this small act that is considered menial and small in the eyes of somebody that maybe, just maybe, this water might have a change. And church, let me help somebody as I make my way to my seat. Obedience to God requires exposure. It requires effort, but it requires expectancy. Expectancy is when you and I expect God to work. Can I preach this? When you pray, you ought to expect God to move. When you do what the Lord says, you ought to expect God to move. When you obey God in the big or the small or the tonight, you ought to expect God to work on your behalf. Do I have a witness on this Sunday morning? That's what faith is. Faith is when you and I expect God to work it out for our good. That's what faith is, and it takes faith. It takes expectancy to obey God. If we don't believe in the power of God or the goodness of God, we ain't going to do what God says to do. But I need somebody on this Sunday morning to acknowledge that God is a good God, that Jesus is an able Savior, and that you've seen him do enough. You've seen him work enough. That whenever you do what he says do, you ain't just sitting on your feet. You ain't just giving up. You have not turned fatalistic, but you are expecting God to work. So when you pay your tithe, expect God to open the windows of heaven. When you forgive somebody, expect God to reconcile that relationship. When you go the second mile, expect God to go the third and fourth mile. When you give God your best, expect God to give you his best. When you pray and seek God, expect God to work it out for your good. Do I have somebody with a testimony? You have seen God do wonders. You have seen God do the amazing.
Fill the water. Fill the water. Draw it out and give it to the master of the host. Can I say this, church? And H2O became Merlot. give it to somebody. In between that, Jesus worked, did the miraculous. One act of obedience to God can change your life. You don't know what it's going to be? Just obey God. If he says do it, then do it. Forgive somebody. Open the door for somebody. Help somebody with their groceries. Be a gentleman. Be a lady. Speak to somebody. Smile. Return the phone call. Sometimes just be quiet. Sometimes we already got up in our mind how we're going to read them and get them told. But God said, just be quiet. You don't even need to go down that path. Somebody right now on this Sunday morning, God is telling you, accept Christ as your Savior. Become a member of the church.